Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Broncos Blitz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Here's your host, Danny Williams. Back in what I don't get Wednesday edition podcast. I am Danny Williams. Jake Myers here producing the project as well. He's the co-host of the Broncos Books podcast. Thanks for being with us. It's uh, Wednesday here by week. These Broncos are probably scattered um, across the beaches, the beautiful shores and beaches of Cancun and Maui and the Bahamas, all that kind of stuff. And rightfully so, man. These guys deserve... um, a break, you know, timing of the bye is, you know, maybe just right if they go out and beat the Chargers because of it and maybe have a hang around against the Chiefs. There's no right or wrong time, I don't think, um, to have a bye week. You won't hope it kind of complements your injuries, which they have plenty of. We'll talk about that yeah. today. Um, we got stuff to talk about here. I think that's maybe the difference of this podcast and the other kind of podcast is uh, we try to keep it interesting, try to keep it moving, try to keep the pace. Um up and give give you a lot to think about, a lot to talk about, and we do it all like in under thirty minutes every single day. So if you've been rolling with the Broncos Blitz podcast, we appreciate you guys big time. A lot of the lot, I mean, like not just lots of podcasts out there. There's lots of Broncos podcasts out there. So um, we're one of the biggest. We're one of the best, but it's because of you guys, and we appreciate it. So injury updates. I heard Fangio mention three guys yesterday um, who he said he wasn't sure on the status of those guys. You know, therefore, meaning he doesn't know if Garrett Bowles will be back in two weeks or less than two weeks to right. play the Chargers. Uh, who else was on that list? Bobby Massey. Bobby Massey was a big one there. And, and uh, Mike Boone. And was or it Mike was Boone? It McTelvin and Game. Both of those. Okay. Both of those guys are also questionable. Uh, their status is still questionable for that Chargers game, but. Um, you know, they've been uh, out for a couple weeks now, uh, Bobby Massey and Garibald. So, you know, once they come back, um, the Broncos offensive line will be a lot better uh, just because, you know, they got a lot of rookies on the offensive line now and young guys trying to hold it down um, while those guys are injured. So, um, but outside of that, um, Baron Browning is still, uh, you know, um, questionable with a back injury. Um, so that'll be interesting to see, um, if he's able to come back because Baron Browning and Kenny Young, uh, like I said last week, um, on the podcast, you know, they're sideline to sideline linebackers, just a different style of linebacker that the Broncos haven't had in a long time. And I think that with all the injuries to the linebacking core already, Baron Browning, his health is pivotal because he needs all the development that he can get. Baron Browning is going to be a future middle linebacker for this Broncos team, and I could see it for the foreseeable future. So I want to see him be able to develop, but that first things first, he's got to be healthy. Garrett Bowles is, um, man, you know, a lot of expectations come with that gigantic contract. Uh, you know, he's one guy who's been pretty durable. 
can't complain about his health up to this point in his career. But also, you know, if the Broncos are going to have any kind of success here and make a run down the stretch, Garrett Bowles has to be a part of it. Um, you can survive a week or two without him. You can't win games and um, go to the playoffs and move forward with the, without a player like that. Has he been as good last this year as he was last year? I don't think so. But guys have career years, and he had a career year at the best you know, most opportunity time as he was becoming a free agent. So, you know, Garrett Bowles, man, it's weird. He's had such an in- interesting career um, from, I mean, a certified first round bust to one of the highest paid uh, offensive linemen in the NFL. Um, it, it never happens like that, Jake. You know, the Garrett Bowles story is like very unique and a, a yeah. rare one. And, um, you know, I could appreciate his commitment to the team and you know I think he loves the franchise I think he's the hardest working guy and um, I think you know he didn't get it the first couple few years um, but that's because you know it's just the way God made him you know the the um, little bit uh, um I'm going to be, say tough-minded guy but it took him a long time to kind of figure it out and I'm wondering if you know there's that's any real uh, any maturity that Garrett Bowles has had um, can be a reflection to maybe have more guys break out, live up to the, you know, to um, to the billing. And when you have several of those guys do it, multiple guys outplaying their contracts, um, overproducing, uh, excelling, that's when like a team starts to kind of win. That's when you start to win. So um, Garrett Bowles is just one piece, but his story is so interesting and so unique. I'm wondering if anyone in Broncos country or there's any philosophy or something to be taken from it and to put on guys who, um, you know, who haven't had success and found that success that Garrett Bowles has had yet right and like you said the Garibald story uh it's very unique and it also gives you hope that some of these guys who maybe aren't playing so well now can you know make that jump make that leap in in just a matter of one off season or uh, a, a few years in the league and then they start to really you know get their legs underneath them and and really start to make an impact game by game, and be an intricate part of the franchise like Garrett Bowles has become. Um, You know, obviously this year he's reverted back to Mm -hmm. some of his um, past ways, some more holding penalties than we saw last year. Um, And he hasn't been really the problem. His injuries, not being on the field, has been a problem. But I don't think he's been that much of a problem. I actually think he's probably a nice part of the Broncos' success, early season success that they had. Bobby Massey, another interesting guy. He's a good veteran player who, without him, you're not as good. Um, He's important in those ways um, to – he's one of those guys, you can't replace him really. Um, It's a big – you know, your product takes a big step down without a guy like that on the field. And – you know, you need more guys like him to come in in this next offseason who are filling the gap, guys who have a lot of football left, who maybe have a bit of chip on their shoulder. They don't cost you a ton of money. They're hungry. They're experienced. Um, man, this is like next offseason for George Payton and the Broncos is going to be a 
a big one. You have a lot of, you know, do you add veteran pieces? Is this the first time in a few years the Broncos go sp- big time splashy, uh, try to throw some money around in free agency? Um, do you keep, again, they've, they've like really cleansed themselves of, you know, old players over the last couple of few years. Definitely all of the old players that helped them, you know, to their once glory days, even Von Miller gone now. So, Interesting offseason is going to be for the Broncos. You know, the rest of the season is all about player development um, for uh, – go ahead. What are you going to say? Yeah, one last thing about Garrett Bowles and Bobby Massey. Yeah. Um, I think the Cowboys game with both of those guys being out and the Broncos offensive line almost having no issue with um, the Cowboys pass rush and they pushed them around for the running game. I think that got us – fooled with how important Garrett Bowles and Bobby Massey oh, are to totally. this team because totally. in that Eagles game, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, he got sacked once and then the running game wasn't working nearly Teddy as Teddy needs as it a was. great offensive line to be able to operate and achieve and get the best out of Teddy. Aaron Rodgers can move around and, you know, live with the offensive line that um uh, might be missing some pieces. Russell Wilson could do the same thing as they're moving and around in the pocket to continue to like let the play develop while looking down the field, all that kind of stuff. Teddy's not going to turn the corner, tuck the ball and run. Teddy's going to keep kind of patting the ball, waiting for the play to develop, anticipating a throw, making the throw. So um, Teddy more than anybody. And, you know, maybe like with any um, either young quarterback or a quarterback that just doesn't have the cannon and the firepower or ath- the athleticism to move around and create. Teddy's got to have a really good offensive line to have any kind of success. That's kind of true. And then um, a team with two running backs like the Broncos have, um, again, any team, any team is, you know, there's a premium on the offensive line. But um, if you have a quarterback, it's less. (laughs) And they don't. So uh, Bobby Massey and Garrett Bowles are very incredibly important to the process. Yeah. Okay, who else? What else in terms of injuries that have kind of uh, plagued the Broncos the first, you know, um, half of this season, which, again, through 10 games, we're already way on the other side of the um, of of the halfway point of the season. This is kind of the home stretch. Five, you got seven games left. Five of the seven are against divisional opponents. Um, you play the Chiefs twice. You're a game behind the Chiefs for first place. Um the Broncos, in reality, and even if you want to joke about it and kind of laugh at it, control their own destiny. The Broncos can win games down the stretch, and they can win this division in the process. Um, yeah, I said with seven games less today on the show, did the Broncos win three games down the stretch? You said, yeah, we both yeah. kind of agreed that. So that gets us to eight at wins. At least three games. That's eight wins. That gets the Broncos to... You know, two, eight wins. Can they find one more win in there? And you said you, you, you couldn't see it. I mean, you I couldn't see it. You couldn't find me one more win. And you actually said you think the Broncos lose twice to the Chargers and twice to the Chiefs. Do you still believe that? It's tough. I, I can see the Broncos maybe squeezing one out against the Chargers. Um, but with the Chiefs seemingly to get getting right right now uh, in the last week, I don't see them beating the Chiefs at all especially in that final game yeah. where the division still may be on the line between the Chargers and the Chiefs and the Raiders, but I don't see the Broncos being in that mix. But um, with the Chargers, that's the one game that I, I can see the Broncos winning. The The Broncos seem to always give the Chargers fits, whether it be um, in on the road 
the Broncos find a find a way to go into the Chargers, well, the Chargers aren't good and enough usually to, win. Uh, go beat the Broncos twice, I don't think. So that's the Young that's the difference. I mean, now we're, we're as we recalibrate and reconfigure, and what's the new best case situation for the Broncos? The new best case situation for the Broncos is nine and eight. Okay, and nine and eight being good enough to win the division, which I don't think it will be, or nine and eight somehow, some way being good enough for a wild card, which I don't think will be. So you get to nine and eight. So then, what's the point to get nine and eight? Then why don't we just be seven and ten? Well, we don't get to choose for one, but also nine and eight, man. Damn, nine and eight. A season like this, all things considered, with the quarterback we have, with the young players, with Judy out, with no KJ Hamler, with uh, the emergence of rookie and Javante, with Patrick Sertan, uh, a rookie, with the uh, injuries to the linebacking group, to the reconfiguration of the secondary, maybe too many guys they had one too many guys um the broncos are they let me i want to ask you a question at the other well that's the halfway point of this podcast okay i want to ask you i want to mention DraftKings. i want to talk about DraftKings. got some thursday night football tomorrow night um they got a really cool offer for you guys um then I'll ask you a serious question. You okay. can answer, okay? But right now, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers like you guys who bet just $1, $1 on either team to score, okay? Um, they win $100 in free bets. Team scores, you score. There's no, there's no catches here. Make a bet. For one dollar on an NFL game this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, you're going to find hundred dollars in free bets in your account. Boom. Period. Um, same game parlays. We love them. They're so cool. They're so unique. Uh, put one together for NBA last night with the uh, Golden State and Brooklyn game. I didn't hit it, but I was super close. Uh, missed a giant parlay by two legs. If I had hit it, it paid me a fortune. And it was a twenty dollars bet. It would have paid out four figures, um, fifteen hundred bucks. Um, I I see them hit all the time, and you can hit them too. Um, this was just a cheap little parlay bet I put together. I do a couple of these, you know, every couple of days, maybe way every night, and I hit a lot of them. Jake's good at these too; they're fun. Um, put one together for yourself and see why DraftKings is uh, the best. Safe, secure, reliable. Deposit and withdraw your money whenever you like. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code MHS. Bet one dollar on either team to score and win one hundred dollars in free bets. If you if they score, then you score. Okay, with which they will with the promo code MHS this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be twenty one or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 522 one hundred five two two forty seven hundred. I think I added another two in there. Five two two two. Um, okay, Jake. Are the Broncos, as a franchise, as a brand, with their personnel, uh, all things considered, is that a a franchise and a team trending upwards or trending downwards? I would say upwards. Why the young talent around? Um, the this roster up and down the roster, you see guys like Jerry Judy, uh, Pat Sertan. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton's in a contract year, so you're gonna have to pay him, but he's still young. Um, you know, Javante Williams. Uh, you just paid Garrett Bowles, so and, and you just have a bunch of offensive linemen who have potential to grow in this system. With Mike Munchak being one of the greatest offensive 
linemen minds in the NFL. I think they can sure up this offensive line for the future. Uh, the defense is it's solid. You know they have good pieces, but the secondary uh, outside of Justin Simmons and Pat Sertan um, is probably not not going to be here for the future. I mean, so I would say they're trending in the right direction. All they need is a good coach, and you know if if they could draft a quarterback or if they can you know trade yeah. trade for one. Or Listen, if you, I think, or if, even if you roll with Teddy and just get a new coach, then I think they're still trending in the right direction. You know what I think is that I would say they're trending in the right direction. You know, you know, Dan Reeves said in the NFL, a team never stays the same. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. You're never staying the same. Okay, I buy into that. I believe that to be true. I think the Broncos are trending upwards. I think the Broncos um, are uh, coming back. I'm not sure coming back to what, but they're trending upwards. And the reason for it is Teddy. Teddy's given them um, professionalism, kind of respect, and some credentials that you kind of believe in him. Um, and you go out there, and with Teddy, you filled a legitimate NFL product. If Drew Locke was on this team, they'd be, I think, three and seven or four and six right now. And yeah. you'd be searching for answers. You would definitely not feel like they've gotten any better, and you would definitely not feel like they're trending any uh, upwards. Teddy's, um, uh, the KG Hamlers, the Judys, the fans, the Albert O's, the Javantes, and the Melvins, and the Cortland Suttons, and the Tim Patricks. Teddy's helped those guys be productive this yeah. season and look like legitimate players, good players on this roster and in this league. That's due to Teddy. And I think Teddy, the way he brings the offense down the field, um, doesn't uh, make lots of mistakes and put the defense back on the field. Well, that's helped the defense be one of the statistically better, you know, better defenses in all of the NFL. All of the NFL, they're one of the better defenses statistically. Um, so I give Teddy a lot of that kind of credit. I don't give it to Fangio. I don't think the coaching has helped these guys because I just haven't seen that big jump or big difference in um, – you know, from a coaching, scheming, uh, play calling perspective. Right. They need something fresh. Oh, totally. And I think that this team is uh, desperate for and perfectly cut out for a young, innovative head coach. Uh, Vance's, when he was young and here doing that, these were still Chris Harris Broncos, Derek Wolf yeah. Broncos. There was still that remnants and pieces of like they were acting like they were still Super Bowl champs from a few years ago when they weren't anymore. And too much players coach um, is always a recipe for disaster. And that's what happened with Vance um, in his first go around. Um, again, Vance would be head coach here right quick and probably as soon as this next year for another franchise. But, um, for a young uh, group of guys, you might need a relatable young um, coach who's maybe fresh out of the league. Um, just different perspective. It's what it is. And we know. We've seen it here. You went from uh, old man Josh. We went from Fox Shanahan oh. to McDaniels to Fox to Kubiak to Vance. 
to Fangio. Fangio. I mean, that's like an up and a down and up and a down, back and forth. You're changing, you know, philosophies. You're changing culture. You're a breath of fresh air. Or you're bringing it back to respectability. Uh, Give me that old football coach who's going to make us um, a real football team again. All that kind of stuff. So where where are we headed? Where's this team trending? Give me a young, innovative head coach. Give me someone off of Andy Reid's staff or off another Jim Harbaugh staff who, you know, still has, you know, understands football of yesteryear and a veteran player and and I don't want all analytics guy I don't want a a too young of a guy but Cliff Kingsbury look what he's done with those guys they were in flux they weren't um, again they got Kyler Murray and uh, it's easy to do it with the number one overall pick it's harder to do it with a Drew Locke a Teddy Bridgewater or Mac Jones or Justin Fields but um, you know you you brought up earlier Drew Locke and and Teddy Bridgewater um, and you know, we can talk about who the coach is going to be uh, a lot and um, how he's going to mold the, the team's future into how he wants to. But when it comes to Teddy and Drew Locke, I keep hearing fans and media members clamoring for Drew Locke. I don't get it. Why, Teddy has this team 5-5, five and five, and they're one game back out of the AFC West, and... Um, <laughs> Um, Teddy's look good. Teddy hasn't looked uh, terrible. Some people are never going to buy into Teddy. Never have. Never will. Okay. There was a push by Is Drew it the Locke. Tackle? Uh, was it the, was no, it the no, tackle? No, 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 no. It was way before <laughs> the tackle. The Drew Locke stuff was people wanting to believe a young, good-looking um, rookie quarterback is going to come develop into um, the franchise savers. People who just want that. And Drew Locke was advertised as that. And they bought yeah. that. So there's some people who think, well, that th- wasn't seen through all the way. Okay. There's some people who are still waiting, still think Drew Locke had more to give and another gear, more to offer. I don't believe that. And the Broncos don't believe that. Their, their personnel doesn't believe that. Okay. Teddy comes in. Teddy um, is looked at as a Case Keenum or a Drew Flacco journeyman. No one ever wants to buy into the journeyman. And for even for people like, who was the other day? Another person was like, uh, we said, Teddy's only 29. And they're like, oh. <laughs> really? Like, Doug? really? Is that true? And I mean, there was Doug, it was Doug Huddle, one dude, another does different. It was a different day. Even Doug, who's you know, Doug gets it, man. He's he's. Uh, but Teddy was like, oh, you know, twenty nine people think uh, Teddy's thirty three or thirty four years old. That's a perception on Teddy. So, um, no one ever's gonna fall in love or wants to buy the ju- the jersey of the journeyman quarterback. How many Flacco and Case Keenum fucking jerseys were bought? Very few, bro. Um, a lot of Drew Lock jerseys were bought because. He was, you know, um, uh, young and talented, gave you hope. You saw flashes. He looks the part, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's at the crux of it. But then, Jake, there's the uh, Teddy ain't my kind of style quarterback. Twitter was on fire last night because um, a dude, local dude here, local Twitter, said, call me old-fashioned. But I like my quarterbacks without dreadlocks. I prefer my quarterbacks oh without dreadlocks. Goodness. This guy got freaking roasted. Deleted the tweet. We'll never live this down. People are attacking him. and Rightfully so. The guy's an idiot. Um, and I saw one. Um, I call me old-fashioned. But I like, I, I like my, white, my white guy's not racist. <laughs> or something like that. And it was just like, oh, my God. It was just, you know, it was funny, man. It was really funny. And I think there's that sediment, sentiment, sediment that um, 
you know, you want the traditional John Elway, Dan Marino looking quarterback who's going to stand in the pocket, not the Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick perceived, you know, athletic black quarterback who's, you know, not John Elway, not flowing blonde lock, you know, flowing blonde kind of hair, um, prototypical to what maybe you might be used to. And that's racism. There's racism at the core of some of that stuff, Jake. I can definitely see that. No one would call it that. Right. And you just say, oh, well, it's just the kind of quarterback, the style of quarterback I I prefer. Tell me some black quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls. There's not a ton, bro. There's not. It's Russell Wilson. It's Doug Williams. Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes. Okay, and that's it. But also, Patrick Mahomes and Russell Westbrook are the new version of John Elway. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, listen to this. Uh, you were talking about how you know these people are saying that they don't want a you know a, a run and gun type of quarterback. You know, like Lamar Jackson or a Cam Newton. Well, Teddy's not that. Teddy is the pocket passer. He, yes. His pocket presence puts Drew Locke's to shame. Drew Locke is more of the running type, uh, run and gun type of quarterback. You know, he'll, he'll try to escape the pocket before he makes his second read because he's feeling the heat. Teddy will hang tight in the pocket, and he will take the hit and still get the ball off. So that's what I love about Teddy. And, you know, he's breaking stigmas about him about black quarterbacks, about uh, his arm, about how how big his arm is. Yeah, sure, he, he does a lot of checkdowns, but he still can sling it. You know, I've seen him throw the ball 50-plus yards plenty of times this season. So I don't want to hear that about Teddy either. Oh, no. Um, you know, now we've a little bit changed directions, and, um, you know, it's the scheme. It's the play calling. Could someone else have coordinated more out of these Broncos? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I think they could be 6-4. and four. I don't think they could be 7-3. and three. So has Pat Schirmer done a horrible job? No, he's not done a horrible job, but I don't think he's got the best out of And it's hard to do. That's the process. That's the goal. That's the, the – you can't just say it into existence or speak it into existence. You could think it. You can want it. And you could even – there might be some things to give Pat Schirmer a little bit of credit, which who's going to do that, where he might think Javante is not quite up for this, some of this stuff yet, some of the play-calling stuff, some of the uh, – lots of ability things that he may – believe or not believe that Teddy's capable of or not capable of Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, right. uh, offensive lineman, all that kind of stuff. So uh, Pat Schirmer's doing his job, the best version of his job. Do we think we can do a better job? Well, of course we do. You know what I mean? Have but, you seen my Madden record? But also, you know, uh, the 5-5 five and five Broncos, I don't think could have been 7-3. and three. It had been taken a real miracle for that to happen. Uh, could have been 6-4, and four, are not 5-6. and six. I'm sorry, are not 4-6. and six and are not three and seven. So could it be worse? Yeah, it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. Does that make me feel better? Nah, not really. No. These are just the realities of who and what and where the Broncos are this season. Um, and that, you know, I guess that's kind of it. Um, you know, I'm going to say that the Broncos could have been seven and three. How? When? Beat the Browns. Beat yeah. the Eagles. Okay. Beat the Browns and beat the Eagles. Uh, played better against the Steelers. That's a winnable game. Yeah. Because they came back and almost won it there. When you're like in one within one possession of, you know, uh, one score of a game in the fourth quarter, that's a winnable game to me. But even moreover, the way they kind of came back on Pittsburgh, right. it was so li- too little too late because yeah. of so little production in the first half. But yeah. you know what? They'd have really had, it, had to, uh, if that's the case, seven and three, um, 
they'd have had to the whole season hit every green light. Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, and and you know that's that's the game of woulda, coulda, shoulda. It is. And you know a lot of what could have been. <laughs> so you know, I don't want to play that game. Yeah, for sure. Because um, we know if my aunt had a wiener, Jake, then she'd, she'd be, be my, my uncle. uncle. She wouldn't be my aunt. Um, but technology these days, I don't even want to go there. Anyways, uh, that's the Broncos Blitz podcast for today. We got more stuff for the rest of the week and next week as well. Um, we didn't I see we got rolling here. I wanted to talk about something I said. We'll save it a little bit for tomorrow. Um Santamarius Thomas on Twitter, a couple plays. People saying, Oh, he's a beast. I saw a little bit, a couple comments. He's the greatest Broncos receiver of all time. Is he? I'm not so sure, man. I think it's up for a debate. Um I think Demarius was so unsung and so quiet of a character, unlike any receiver in the freaking planet Earth right now, um, that if it was he put himself out there, it was a more about me, uh, then we look at him a little bit more than and a little bit with a little bit more value than we do. Um, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. It's for another day. We got some more stuff. That's the Broncos Blitz podcast. We don't want to drag it. We want it to keep it just enough for the. Um, for you know, for your consuming pleasure, uh, find Jake Meyer at Jake Meyer Radio on Twitter. I'm at Tweet Stanny on Twitter. Listen to the radio show we do every single day at Mile High Sports Radio. It's 98.1 FM here in Denver. It's MileHighSports.com where you can watch the show, get podcasted versions of that show, uh, all kinds of stuff. So this podcast can be found obviously wherever you found it today, but at MileHighSports.com, um, at Mile High Sports Twitter. As well, I'm saying my high sports, my high sports app as well. Uh, all of it, Jake. Great job, I appreciate it. Um, for Jake Meyer, I am Danny Williams. We appreciate you guys and we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night. Good night.